Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hey everyone, Hello. I'm Hannah, this is Kelty, we're Upbringing. Um, we're here tonight live to talk about what we usually do, parenting spirited and sensitive kids for sanity and social change. What right. were you going to say? Oh, but not just to make it through the day, I was going to say. Oh yeah, right. I mean, making it through the day would be nice. That'd be good, good. that'd be Surviving. good. Surviving. Um, sure. And we're even talking beyond thriving. We're talking about... Uh, Recognizing our privilege, mm-hmm. our power and our privilege as parents in that parent-child dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. This is so tricky. We've got this huge responsibility on our shoulders as parents. We want to raise these like happy, healthy, empathetic, motivated, motivated, um, fulfilled, uh, respectful, responsible, decent hygiene, good, good. good lovers, all the things, right? Clean um, up their stuff. That'd be nice yeah. too. Um, but it's a lot. And I think that uh, we sometimes it feels like a lot. Sometimes we lean on that that control toolbox that yeah. we were given as parents. You know, our our culture was like, "Hey, welcome to parenthood. Here's this control based toolbox for all those tricky moments with with your kids. Consequences on my terms. Now threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, shame, blame, spanking, timeouts. All the things that were like, but you have to. <clears throat> those things right it's such an easy toolbox to open god right? they have to learn and these just, just flies right these open. just come so naturally they're just mm-hmm. they're in all my pockets they're just right here just on the ready yeah and mm-hmm. um and we've been learning so much our kids have been teaching us and we've been learning outside of out of, of our families as well that we don't have to be using any of those tools mm-hmm. right that we can be right. practicing powers beyond control and um thinking about 
like I said before, the power and privilege in our parent-child relationship, and also just as cis, straight, straight, able-bodied white women. So what can we be doing to create change outside of our families, outside of our homes? Right. Social change, not just family change, not just personal change. Mm -hmm. All of this is connected. All the growth we're doing as parents, it's worth it. It's an investment. That's what we're trying to sell you on here in these talks. Can we do it all the time? No, that's the, that's the process we're on. So let Mm -hmm. us know what's going on with you. What's happening with your spirited and sensitive kids. Where are you struggling not to use that, that control toolbox that's based in white patriarchy? Where is it where you're like, Oh, doesn't sound really good and feel that good to be treating my child this way, even though it's driving me crazy and I want to do something right. They need to learn goes Mm -hmm. through our minds. Right. But I don't really want to be doing what I've been doing before, like the consequences, the timeouts, the shaming, the yelling, the spanking. I want to do something else, but I also don't want to get walked all over. I don't want to be permissive, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that, yeah, someone says, treating your child as an autonomous human is not permissive parenting. Yes, we agree. Uh, It's a big trust fall to believe that. And I think you have to you have to see it to believe it, but you have to believe it to see it. It kind of goes both ways, right? Each kind of can reinforce the other. Absolutely. In our practice, sometimes we're working on the beliefs and that helps inform our approach. Sometimes we're like, in this moment, I'm just going to try to change a couple things up. I'm Mm going to say this thing differently. I'm going to invite my child instead of demand this thing. I'm going to ask a question instead of bark at them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just do this instead of this. Mm-hmm. Mother of Obsidian, getting your kid outside, you're saying has mm-hmm. really been tricky lately where you're like tempted to use that control toolbox. Let us know like what, what it is you're doing. Why uh, is your child struggling? What, what's kind of going on? And um, mm-hmm. that could be a fun one to talk about. Someone mm-hmm. else shares, I struggle with how to discipline without the conventional tools of time out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We all do. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we call our resist approach. Our resist approach is kind of the counter option, the alternative We've discovered among many others out there, but we've designed our resist approach to be that alternative of powers beyond control. Um, you can download it on our website along with our freedoms model, but the resist approach, Kel, do you want to describe it really quickly as folks are kind of writing in um, with, with challenges going on right now? Yeah, I think that, that so often we think that maybe we have to send our kids to, to time out to teach. We think of this word discipline mm-hmm. as they've got to know, they have to learn something from this. And we've been conditioned to yell or shame or spank or exile our children so in this kind of like behaviorist model really saying you do this i do this to you or you don't get this or you get moved to this space alone and i think that we have to think about that word discipline and think discipline actually means to teach and to teach means to create a safe psychological space for true learning where our kids brains are in an open and receptive place not in a like scared, shame-filled, confused, confused spot, right? And so I think it would be really tricky to attempt a timeout without using any of any of those other control measures. Um, and we like to talk about time-ins and that's what the resist approach is. Instead of sending our kids to timeout, we want to do a time-in. So we're going to connect instead of control. And that's what the resist approach really is. And I think connection begins with ourselves. Mm -hmm. What's going on for us, right? And then once we understand our needs, our expectations, we're able to support and connect with our child. Someone here, hello, Tiffany, says, when I notice I'm incredibly upset, my child isn't listening to me, it's my moment to pause and check myself. What is my need? Is this actually important? How did this show up in my childhood? 
And you love us. We love you too. Thank you for being mm-hmm. here. But I think that's such a great question. And we don't always have that moment to be like, I'm going to take 10 minutes or two minutes even to just mm-hmm. like cast my mind back to mm-hmm. my childhood. But I think that that pause can be incredibly helpful in these moments with our kids thinking, wow, wait a second. I'm noticing controls coming up in me. I'm noticing mm-hmm. anger, frustration, mm-hmm. resentment, helplessness, panic. What is happening? What feelings, what mantras are coming to mind that aren't so helpful? What's going on in my body? right? When this is happening, what am I needing? And maybe projecting on my child. I think the resist approach that Kelsey mentioned is, is based in the idea, like you said, Tiffany, that our kids are humans. They're not beneath us. They're not less than us. They deserve the equal respect. And that's why R is the first step of our resist approach, which is respect and seeing them as whole people mm-hmm. worthy of a conversation, worthy of consideration, worthy of the benefit of the doubt to move through a challenge that we have our needs as parents, but that our kids also have their needs and they're going to express those needs as best they can in the moment based on the skills and temperament that they have. It can be really confusing though, to Mm -hmm. read beneath those, those tricky behaviors. Right. Yeah. And I think that as parents, we've been conditioned with that control toolbox to think my words are enough. If I just say the thing or I put it out there, that should be enough. And all this amazing research is coming out now that says actually just saying the words, focusing on our kids' behavior and response and then punishing that isn't enough for the deeper fundamental kind of foundational learning that we really hope our kids get. And that connection in a safe feeling space is the best way for our kids to learn. And it's also an opportunity for us to be practicing those same traits, those skills, all those things that we want our kids to be learning. We want them to learn respect, empathy, innovation, problem solving, consent, boundary setting, all of those things. So when our kids are resisting us or struggling with something, pushing back against our agenda, we get to resist this cultural conditioning that tells us to just dominate, shut it to down, just shut that shit down, just oppress, it. oppress them, just skip to the timeout and let's just be happy and get through this to survive. And instead say, like you said, I'm going to take a beat. I'm going to think about this and the ways that my approach and the way that I show up in the minute, in the moment is vital to what my kid is learning, right? right. It's not about what they do and don't do <clears throat> as much as how I show up in response to that. Mm-hmm. And that's our goal is showing up in a way that can run through a loose six-step model of a conversation through the resist approach that can last 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, it can it can be quick even. It's not a one-size-fits-all. There's no right way to do it. Yeah. It's about engaging in a new way of connecting mm-hmm. with your child when the shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, someone mentioned, would you say circling back is the most helpful resource when you're in a larger group? So in that idea of circling back, we talk about there are times to prepare our child, right? There's uh, before, you know, let's say we go out somewhere or a situation or they come in for dinner or whatever it is. Then there's in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Supporting them in the moment, which is usually about connection, security, de-escalation, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding, listening. And then there's the processing after the moment, right? So preparation in the moment, processing. And that's what circling back is. It's saying mm-hmm. if we maybe couldn't quite you know, prepare and prevent um, challenges from happening, that's okay. It's a learning Mm -hmm. opportunity. If we can't in the moment, or even if we did in the moment, connect, de-escalate, right? Mm -hmm. Or teach, or whatever the lesson is. There's still time after the moment when everyone is more receptive to what we call circle back Mm -hmm. and process what happens. So, so much learning can happen in preparation with our kid. So much learning can happen in the moment. And then there's so much learning that can happen after that moment. Mm -hmm. And so this person is asking if, in larger groups of people is the circle back um, like kind of the the best way to go about it. And I think 
Absolutely. If we're planning on communicating a lot of information to our child, processing feelings, perspective taking about the impact, what, how is everyone doing? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's telling a story. <clears throat> if our child is a little more sensitive to that direct talk about something that happened that stressed them out a little, all of that can happen later. And I think we talk about that a lot, especially with those of us who feel a big social pressure, who feel embarrassment, who feel um, ridicule, who feel mm-hmm. judgment by people in a social situation, by parents, by friends, by strangers, by neighbors. And to say, all we have to do in those moments is serve our child and keep everybody safe, Mm -hmm. project an air as best we can of calm confidence, right? Say a few things maybe to connect the dots if we need to inform people like, I'm on this. Yeah, we're, we're, we're struggling a yeah. little. We'll Did be you call okay. out that somebody had written, what about judgment from other mm-hmm. others like friends or family? I'm using the resistance, <clears throat> which looks sure. incredibly permissive to yeah. a lot of people. They're like, why aren't you just telling them who's boss? Right. Why aren't you just controlling them? Why aren't you just saying no or shoving them in the car or you know, dragging them on I'm counting down. Why aren't you counting? Uh-huh. Right. And so that's when we are, are, that confidence and clarity is so important to say, I'm, I'm taking care of my child. Thank you. I'm good here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're struggling right now and they struggle to hear me and consequences and things make it harder for them to learn and calm down. So yeah. we're going to do that here right now. And we're going to process or this I'm happy to connect with you about it later. I'm right. busy right now. Right. If you have some questions, I'm happy to connect with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing, we're all doing the best we can here. I'm going to see to my child. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but we love talking about that type of thing. And then we always have circling back with ourselves. How'd that go? What could I have do, mm-hmm. done to, to prepare or to show up in the moment? Mm-hmm. How can I connect with my child about what happened? And how can I connect with maybe my mother-in-law or mm-hmm. my nosy neighbor or my BFF who parents a different way? Mm-hmm. The circle back is so helpful for all of those people. Yeah. Uh, the mom who said that she was struggling to get her kid <clears throat> out the door and outside said, I'm inviting him, giving him choices, making it a regular thing to do. I was very <clears throat> lax for a bit about getting out because we went through a big move through this past year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but I'm getting exhausted with all this effort, pretty much mom all week, and I'm too, and I'm too settling <clears throat> into the new living situation. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. I think it's so it's so natural for all of us to to have struggles of different kinds when we transition, yeah. or for kids of a certain age. I feel like yours is probably like four or five ish. I'm try, I was trying to remember um, from other conversations um, to just be resisting someone else's agenda, somebody mm-hmm. else's ideas of what you should be doing in your life, and even think, if it's in their best interest, but, even if they normally want to go to the I park. Know, but I think it's so it's yeah. so easy for us to forget not to say that you're doing this, but for all of us to just mm-hmm. remember. Oh yeah, it's our kid's life. Mm-hmm. And we have this grand plan, whether it's planned, actually planned out or in the moment being like, I need to get outside. Okay, we're going outside. I know you're going to like totally have a meltdown later because mm-hmm. you've been on your screen Trust for too me, long. This is preventative. <clears throat> we have to leave, mm-hmm. right? It's really hard to find yeah. those, those, those times to, um, like kind of lovingly mm-hmm. follow through. Right. And I think yeah. setting agreements, I think at a certain point mm-hmm. too, can be helpful. Like if we've given information, we've worked on collaborating, making it fun for our child to get out the door, all those things and they're still resisting. And I think getting curious about why they're resisting, mm-hmm. figuring out what is it that they're needing at home? What is it that they're needing with the time, with whatever, mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. But then also outside that moment. So maybe in the moment they've already dug their heels in, we have to just suck it up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or we need to lovingly follow through and scoot them out of the house and lock the door, let the feelings happen, right? Mm-hmm. But I think after that, we can circle back and say, gosh, that was hard today. When we were trying to get out the door, you wanted to stay. 
I needed to get out to put that check in the bank or do whatever it was, mm-hmm. or I was concerned. How are you feeling? What can we do, right? Mm-hmm. Can we make an agreement, right, on figuring out what to do next, right? Mm-hmm. So in that circle back, you're actually preparing for the next time. Right, mm-hmm. it's all connected. It's a very cyclical situation, which is what makes it feel so frustrating in Groundhog Day. Yeah. Right, we had a similar situation this morning, just trying to get out the door with our mm-hmm. sons before I had a call a, a couple hours later, and I was just like, "We're running out of time," and mm-hmm. I felt myself, you know, building up mm-hmm. as they were still not dressed and still working on a Lego and kind of pretending not to hear us, or just mm-hmm. totally engrossed in focus. It's hard to tell, but that's where my brain goes when I'm feeling stressed and wanting to just get the hell out of the house. Mm-hmm. And I think that settling in and thinking, first of all, part of the respect step of the resist approach is, does this outing need to happen? So Mm -hmm. I have to think about this ahead of time. I might want it to, but my kid is part of this family. Mm -hmm. So is this really necessary? So if you're like, yes, it must happen, you go in with that calm clarity. The approach is still the same. If you're like, "Mm, I would like it to happen, but it doesn't have to happen. You go in with knowing that, that this might turn out that way and you might not do that harder follow We could make an agreement for 10 minutes from now or yeah. half an hour from now or two hours from now. There's a wiggle room, right? Yeah. yeah. And then maybe if we're like, this absolutely doesn't have to happen, I'm just going to give it a Hail Mary try. Then I go in with a little bit less pressure and I've established that personally so it's not building up within mm-hmm. me before you know, some clarity. clarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can be really helpful. But we're, we're with you. I think all of us... Um, have that feeling of just an agenda needing to move through something, needing to get on the other side of something, needing for something to be done when our kids don't want to. And feeling tied, feeling like we're held hostage by them Mm -hmm. at times. Raise your hand. Let us know if any of you ever feel held hostage by your child, by Mm -hmm. their needs, by their resistance, by their desires. Mm -hmm. It's really, really tough because I think it dredges up in us all of our personal needs that aren't being met and that are relying on this child to honor, to get out of the house and to to meet ultimately. And so that puts a lot of pressure on them, you know. I think, oh, oh, no, no, you go ahead. I think also just recently moving, oftentimes, you know, to manage anxiety of a transition and a big move, some people will be like, I need to get out and be doing these things. Mm-hmm. And others are like, dude, I got to lock down these, batten down the hatches, <laughs> trying to I don't process go anywhere right now. I need mm-hmm. security. I need my bed. It's comfy. I need my blinds, my little book, my sound yeah. thing. You know, that's, that's all about security. So mm-hmm. thinking about what does my child need and when would be the best time to try and get that that need of mine and theirs ultimately that's met. So, that's so hard because yeah. it asks us to do even more work really yeah, in, in thinking about ways to connect and not to butter them up and offer, you know, prizes for coming. Or if we do this and you'll get this, you know, those types of, of motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, but just really connecting person to person. Can you just look up from the Legos one second? Can I connect with you one second? Yeah. Two quick pause. Yeah, just one sec. I'm going to hold your hand while I'm just so you can stop doing it for one second. I know you've been playing for a long time. This is so fun. And I really want to watch you play a little bit longer. I feel like we're going to be running low on time, getting to the park and getting back. And that fresh air is really important for us today. And I want you to be able to play, but I'm asking that we just take a quick break. Right. What's the last thing you need to do until we leave? I did Mm -hmm. that with my son this morning. I, I wanted him to go get dressed himself. Just gave up on that, mm-hmm. brought him his clothes. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to put them on there, so I took him to the door, and I showed him we were leaving. I think mm-hmm. oftentimes, too, we're like, is it okay to leave? Are you sure? Come on, come on, come on. Or we're like, and you have to do 20 things right. to even get ready. It's and there are lot. all these like hurdles for them. And demands, right? Yeah. So I, I basically made it so there were no demands for my son. He's five years old. 
And then I just started moving toward the door. And mm-hmm. that won't always work on Kelty's kids, oh. but it works on it works with my kids who are a little bit less spirited mm-hmm. and sensitive in that way to just lovingly show we're moving, we're moving. And he was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And eventually came on his own. He didn't want me to move his body because I said, mm-hmm. how about I help you move your body toward the door? Maybe you need some help. Mm-hmm. I tried getting a little goofy, which is actually really hard for me in the moment, mm-hmm. right? Whatever we can muster. And then we mm-hmm. lovingly follow through, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we'll or we try again in 10 minutes. Yeah. I think that's really like, like you're needing a little time. Yeah. How about we make an agreement for 10 minutes or when the, the song finishes or when the mm-hmm. clock dings or when I do a jingle jingle or when you give me that like silly, you know, word, magical word. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you'll know and they'll be like, okay, I'm in charge of something. Now I have some agency in this. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not being forced to leave. Right. And, and that can really kind of engage them in a new way. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Someone said, in the challenging times, we used to have these gorgeous opportunities to connect, but now we feel we are relying too much on countdowns, timeouts, etc. because he stops communicating. Mm. Yeah. It's so hard. Um, definitely miss just walking out of the house with just my own bag, getting them organized and having resistance feels like the hostage situation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and someone else shares, my son is 5'2", and anytime he senses my agenda, there's so much pushback, it feels like every single time. Yes, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think Mother of Sitting, you said, thank you, I've learned from you too. This really helps me feel like I'm not alone in trying to parent outside of the patriarchal slash oppression model. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think when it comes to communicating, you're like, oh, I'm communicating with my child that it's time to leave, and now mm-hmm. they're not communicating anymore. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that our kids communicate in really unique ways. They speak our language, in this case, maybe English, but we have to keep remembering that we have to speak their language, mm-hmm. which is nonverbal communication very often. Mm-hmm. Our kids don't have the awareness and the communication skills to say, mom, I'm actually in flow right now with this Lego project. I need like 10 more minutes. They don't mm-hmm. have that yet. You have to build those skills or, and that awareness. I don't like the way that you told me to go put my shoes on. And now I'm just thinking, why would I even want to go do that? And I'm just, I'm feeling really stuck in this spot and <clears throat> right. I don't know how to move past right. it. Right. Or mom, I remember last time we were at the park, that dog jumped out at me and it really fucking freaked me out. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried if we go back there, it's going to happen again. So I just wanted to run that by you. Our mm-hmm. kids don't have that awareness and those communication skills mm-hmm. until we help them discover it. So it's an investment in these moments, in these challenging times mm-hmm. to listen to our kids and not just listen to the words they say when we've asked them what their plan is or mm-hmm. why they're resisting, but to notice and get curious mm-hmm. about, about really in, intuiting it mm-hmm. a little bit more and, and engaging with it in a non-judgmental, low-pressure way. Yeah. When we can. I know, and that's what this yeah. parent had said in, the, in these challenging times. We don't feel, she doesn't feel like they have those opportunities to connect mm-hmm. and that they're having to rely on countdowns, timeouts, etc. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes that happens. And that's when yeah. we, we circle back to reconnect and say, I was really short when we were leaving earlier. And I know I kind of ended up yelling at you and that's what got you into the car. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. And And I'm not saying, so next time, just get up and go. I'm saying, I'm going to try to keep myself calm and work with you. I mean, the reason we don't want to do countdowns Mm -hmm. and use control to get our kids to listen to us ultimately is because we're conditioning them to expect countdowns and measures of control to motivate them to do something that they don't want to do, right? And instead, we want to set that control toolbox aside and say, 
come on, we, we can use other tools here. We can get curious. We can help you figure out what your needs are. So the next time I ask you something you don't want to do, you don't just go like, la, 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 and like ignore me mm-hmm. or say you're a stupid face mm-hmm. or say I'll never leave the house. You can actually say, what's going on for me? Mm-hmm. That curiosity, that inner voice, right, is cultivated by us in those moments first where mm-hmm. we create a safe space around our kids' resistance, mm-hmm. right? We don't see it as messing with our agenda, fucking up our day, mm-hmm. ruining our lives, mm-hmm. right? We, we if, if and when possible, we invest the time in communicating, preparing, starting a little earlier, mm-hmm. noticing when those patterns are happening mm-hmm. and thinking, oh shit, it's been a shit show. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest with getting out the door every morning for daycare. So I'm going to see if I can maybe wake up a little bit earlier or maybe connect with my child a little bit earlier, help kind of become their ally in these moments to help understand and invest that time, mm-hmm. even just today or even just this week and see what happens. Yeah. I think any, so much magic can happen. Any moment that we have that kind of ding, ding of this keeps happening or they keep doing or right. they never, or they yeah. always are those things. Those are beautiful opportunities to be like, Ooh, I'm sensing something that I can dive into. I need to lean into this and explore it a little bit. And we talk often about how these I moments want to slow <laughs> down instead of rushing through, through and just like going into the barricade head right. first. Right. And we talk often about how in these moments of our kids' resistance um, with transitions, with um, being able to play nicely, with cleaning up messes, with mm-hmm. doing their homework, with putting the screen away, with saying nice words, whatever the thing is, we often struggle so much because we find ourselves in this script. Like you said, mm-hmm. why do we keep ending up in timeout? Why do I keep ending up shaming my kid? Why do I keep ending up saying these things that I have to circle back for later to apologize for being a tyrant, mm-hmm. right? And we talk about ways to just tear up that script. Yeah. Those moments that we're like, I know exactly how this will go are the moments that we need to shred it. Mm-hmm. Go totally off script and see what happens. And not in a like, now I'm really going to dominate you. Now this is mm. good. I'm going to take this even harder. But in like a curious improv type of way. Absolutely. Instead <laughs> of it being a play where all the scripts are written in stone and we feel so stuck and resentful to be in this right. role. How I have to count right. it down again. Now I have now to, I have do to threaten this again. screen time oh, again. Oh, I hate this. Now I have to, right. you know, stomp my feet or slam a door. Or threaten something or right. take something away. That's what we're teaching our kids mm-hmm. to expect and to do. Mm-hmm. So we don't and those, do those that. are the moments that we mm-hmm. shred that script when we decide that we're an improv act instead and we're not sure what the other person's going to do. We're never sure. Even if in our mind we're like, I've seen this a hundred times. Here's how it's going to go. I know that when I say this, they're going to say this. Instead, we think, how can we keep these balls in the air? How can we keep mm-hmm. this being an engaging, fun, connective moment that people actually pay to fucking watch, mm-hmm. right? That's what we really want from this. And to be building that sort of camaraderie and connection with, with our kids as well. Mm-hmm. We had a um, one of our small coaching groups this month in the Spirited Kids Club. We only have a few spots left for July, so check that out on our website. Was talking about how this last week, when her siblings were struggling together, she started breaking the script by literally physically diving into the situation with humor. And then, and then after breaking that tension, circling back and being like, what were you needing? What were you needing? And it was, it not only diffused yeah. situations in the moment and got her girls laughing and got her girls connecting before things got too bad, mm-hmm. but it also reduced conflict overall in the week. Right. It was such a cool story to hear. Just her. I love picturing her just like diving in. 
and just be like, yeah. what's going on, everyone? Yeah. Like, I'm an animal. Yeah, like, just whatever. surprising them. Yeah. Just going totally off script. Yeah, dream pool essays. You say play. Exactly. Yeah. Just flipping the script, engaging in a different way that mm-hmm. appeals and connects and communicates safety, um, curiosity, curiosity, humor, and possibility, collaboration to our kids. That's the practice. We can't always you know, have the, the mental effort to do those things. But when we can, practicing and doing that can go a really long way. It's one thing that people yeah. often say is, I don't have the energy yeah. to be creative and silly. And I think so often, I've been in these sliding doors moments and I want each and every one of you to just think about this and try this out. Which one takes more mental energy? Ramping up, yelling, thinking about which consequence to give, what to take away, how to manipulate our kids or make them feel bad for what they did? Or bursting into song really which one takes more energy and which one feels better afterward like not just in the moment but later right and then what is that teaching our kids too you know someone said sometimes my dad tries to discipline my son and i really notice how oppressive it can sound i know you're better than this good boys eat everything on their plate proud i don't oppress my babies you should be proud Mm -hmm. that's beautiful that you are changing the script not only in your family and saying i want to do this differently but i'm I'm uh, dismantling this inherited legacy of control that was passed on to me. And I don't have to say those same words, Mm -hmm. not the script that I've just been using, but the script that was used on me, Mm -hmm. right? It can all be different. We have permission to say different things, to believe different things about ourselves and our kids. And then Mm -hmm. that gives them the permission to believe different things about themselves and others that can be really beautiful. We talk often about the origin of those scripts. Where did those come from? <clears throat> Where did they come from? Okay, maybe just I heard them from my parents. Where did they come from before mm-hmm. that? Their parents? Where did they come from before that? Political factions, the church mm-hmm. situations we might not connect to. Where Where are these things from? And I think so much of it is is recognizing we had a podcast interview today and one of the people said, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm thinking about right now how I often sound like my mom and I don't want to. And we all have that feeling often of, hopefully, if we're lucky, where we think, where did that come from? Did I just say that? Was that me, that tone of voice mm-hmm. and those words? I said that? And I think the more awareness that we build, we talk often about how the script is still there and we're still holding it, but we start kind of feeling a little dubious about it. Like, this? We're so, separating I'm from supposed it. to say this. We're building an awareness yeah. of whether we actually want to be saying these things and believing these things anymore. And being and That's, the, the, that's the start of this beautiful mm-hmm. process that we don't have to be who we, how we speak. We don't have mm-hmm. to be how we approach our kids. Mm-hmm. We get to make choices whenever possible and in the, practice in these moments, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said, last week, I think you mentioned not trusting uh, their resistance, trusting to their resistance with things like, I know you don't want to blah, 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 but can you go into that a bit more? Definitely sure I fall back on the but a lot. Mm. And someone else said, just keep yes anding laughing face. Yes. Yeah. The rules of improv. Yes right. and. Yes and. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's like, we're, I think so often we're like, I'm the reality police. Clearly that's my role as parent. Mm-hmm. I have to be the one that says, this you want this i'm finally acknowledging this is your feelings and your reality this is my empathy portion of my bit Uh (laughs) but and then this is where i get real girlfriend right Uh this is where i draw the line Mm -hmm. this is where reality comes in Mm -hmm. and i think that god that sucks to be that it's basically Mm -hmm. a killjoy in that way yeah of constantly bringing reality and crushing dreams and Mm -hmm. creating disconnection right yeah 
We don't have to do that. But it's a good reminder. So in those moments, it all has to slow down. It all has to be more in our heads yeah. than immediately on the tip so of our tongue. So what would tongues. be an example? Can someone give us an example of when we... So yes, you really want like that cookie or whatever it is, but... Or to keep playing, but... Right. Like what <clears throat> would be an example? Right. What would be an example of, of a moment where you're like, I'm the reality police for this child mm-hmm. and I would need to empathize. I know they need to feel safe in their feelings but uh, got to shut this down. I, I got to get real with them at a certain point and like mm-hmm. level with them about the situation, right? Let us know. Oh, Nature Mother, I'm glad I could pop in. Excited to share a recording from many, many moons ago. Hannah and Kelty, love you too. Oh, thank you. You too. Um, yeah, I mean, we could make up like a billion. <clears throat> oh, True Northling's like the empathy portion of the bit. And that's what it feels like sometimes. Often people are like, the resist approach isn't working. I check that box and then I check that box and I'm just saying these words. And so much of the resist approach is, like you said, Hannah, practice. Yeah. And it's when we can try to not just summon the words and the checking the boxes, but summon the feeling and truly connect. And think about the ways that we like to be connected to. If I tell my husband... <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, I really want this pair of shoes. And he's like, I know you really want the shoes, but we don't have that kind of, you know, money to be spending on frivolous things like hot pink shoes or whatever. I think very often the but, what comes after the but we give to our kids or our partners give to us is a reality that we already know. Oh, sure. And that our kids already know. And it negates the validating and empathizing you just did. Right. You know that. So for example, won't get into bed Mm -hmm. or take a nap or won't, um, as someone mentioned down here, won't go uh, leave uh, where they're playing because mm-hmm. you need to go to the grocery store. Probably the first time, maybe you planned already that we're, we're going to play. And then when I get the signal, I'm an owl, I'm Batman, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to the grocery store because we're going to get stuff for dinner, right? And so then that time comes and we and no one answers, mm-hmm. right? La la la, they're still doing their play. Mm-hmm. Or la la la, and they're like, fuck you, I'm not doing bedtime, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the point when we're like, okay, I'm, I'm in my empathize step. And now I move to the sync up step of the resist approach, which is reality check, buddy. But we have to remember that that can be very experienced very, in very inflammatory way because they already know it's bedtime. It could end up being they a big already, pressure statement. Right. Yeah. They already know that they, they're supposed to leave the park, mm-hmm. right? And so I think oftentimes we actually just want to skip over, mm-hmm. right? We just want to skip over that sync up step where we're giving them a reality check oh, you want to stay and play, but, or, oh, you want to stay up and, and run from my be- bathroom to my bed yeah. over and over and over again, or but you want to be sitting on your sister's face, but, right. Yeah. And so I think what we have to do is we have to sidestep that conversation, get a little bit more nuanced with our kids and mm-hmm. still say, great, you want to keep doing that. Oh, yes. Or just go straight to needs in the sync up. Right. Okay. So you, what I've heard from you is you're needing to play for longer. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm needing to go back to the store or to leave mm-hmm. the park or to move toward bed. So that's what I'm needing for us. So, we so can, you're showing nonviolent communication, mm-hmm. my need, your need, mm-hmm. right? And they're still like, la, 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 and then I still want to So play. what can we do? And then that what leads us do? into the innovate, the innovate step yeah. where we say we need ideas as in everything's figure outable. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm pulling most of the weight on it. Sometimes you're pulling most of the weight. Sometimes it's just another step that we're gonna totally fucking fail and that's okay because it's all practice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the innovation step can be, I tried, I loved one little option out there. We're gonna run like monkeys to the car, ready? And they're like, no, and you're just like, I'm out. I'm gonna pick you up and yank you up. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we have a little bit more stamina and we can spend five minutes thinking, 
okay, we start in the, some of the maybe easier situations where we're not so jacked up, in a hurry, frustrated, triggered, whatever it is. And we have a little time to invest and think, okay, I've got approximately four minutes to invest in this innovation step before I blow my load and like really get pissed off or before we have to go mm -hmm. and say, what can we do? The innovate step can be the fun step. The innovate step is where our kids learn so much about how to move through an inner resistance to something. And this is where people often say, why would I be coming up with all these ideas to help them brush their teeth, help uh. them clean up their fucking toys, to help them be nice and share this toy with their sibling, which is think they should just them. do. Just enabling. <laughs> Why am I coming up with all these ideas? This is this is stuff that they should do on their own. And everything we're learning, everything research is showing is kids can't come up with those things on their own. They need a supportive partnership. They'll come up with them when we've supported them enough in learning how to do that. They'll right. show us that they can do it. Right. But until then, if they're not coming up with their own ideas about how to move through a challenge, then we need to help them. We need to model them. it. Right. Basically model right. innovation, model mm -hmm. problem solving, model collaboration, right. model trying to get two parties' needs met. Right. I think right. modeling sensitivity too. Mm -hmm. I think that so often with transitions of like, we've got to leave the park to get to the grocery store. We've got to uh, finish mm -hmm. run, doing this running, kicking game to get to bed. Mm -hmm. We've got to... Um, uh, stop playing a fun game to start brushing teeth. The thing that we're transitioning to fucking sucks, right? Mm -hmm. Like it yeah. sucks. How often is like, <laughs> but seriously, yay, let's go <laughs> like, to grandpa's. You hate grandpa or right. whatever the thing is. Exactly. That's yeah. really hard. And so I think oftentimes the transition that we hope to help have to help our kids have is something in between mm -hmm. what they loved and what they're not wanting to do next. And that connection and that innovation step is saying, I'm going to help create some sort of little buoy or some mm -hmm. sort of little island between yeah. Game Boy and toothbrushing. Or that can help you right. transition. Or toy and car. Right. The transition right. isn't us dragging them to the bathroom to brush their teeth. The transition is creating a sense of security, collaboration, innovation, creativity mm -hmm. between those two things. Yeah, we talk often in So our maybe there could be another thing in your routine between game playing and brushing teeth, like a mm -hmm. snack. Or a cuddle on the couch and a, a few fun dippies, a like circus party. thing or whatever. I've hid some, hidden something for you in the living room. Let's mm -hmm. go find it. And before we get in the up, car, we'll go find that. And setting that up before the game playing. What's mm -hmm. our agreement? Which doesn't, still doesn't always quote unquote work. Still at the end of an agreement, they might be like, and fuck you, I want to keep playing. That's yeah. okay. You're still... You're building them into this awareness, right? Someone mentioned my partner was hurrying and rushing our son out the door, and I reminded him that he's just responding to the behavior that you're modeling. I hate being rushed too, and would definitely get sassy. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, we respond to that with as stress, as so much pressure, stress, stress, like, stress. Come on, come on, it's uh, two more minutes, and One then we wonder minute. why our kids are avoiding us and ignoring us. It's because we're increasing their anxiety every time we poke. We're basically mm -hmm. giving microaggressions mm -hmm. and, and like jacking up their anxiety, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We talk so often in our Spirited Kids Club, which we have a few more spots left for mm -hmm. July. If you want to do small group coaching with us, it's just once a week for four weeks, seven other people who are struggling with a lot of the same things you are and um, group connective coaching. But we talk often about how we've been trained or not trained as parents, basically, so to just go straight to the front door with our yeah. kids. Okay, it's time to go. We need to go get in the car. We're and very we're like, explicit what do you mean? and clear. I'm just saying exactly what needs to happen. Usually, Ten times. Usually with a decent countenance. Usually with, you know, a warmish voice. The first, first few times anyway. The, right. Yeah. Um, it, that should be enough. Right. 
right? I shouldn't have to roll over backwards to be engaging into doing all of these things and see how that works for you for a while or at a certain stage in your child's life or with a spirited kid Mm -hmm. at a certain point, you're going to get a lot of resistance. You're going to feel a lot of disconnection Mm -hmm. from that control toolbox and using that. So we talk about instead of going through the front door with the ramming thing, Mm -hmm. right? Or even knocking and just saying whatever it is, we want to be trying to work around the sides of the house. Can we knock on the window? Can we shoot a rock up up at the attic, you know, window? Can we be dangling by a tree branch outside and being like, hello, this thing, right? Right? Can we be engaging and working with our kids in a more consent-based way? You know, considering a two yeah. to how they experience mm-hmm. our bids, our requests, our invitations, essentially mm-hmm. our control, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love you, uh, Tiffany Michelle. Love mm-hmm. you, Little Rouge. It's so fun having you here. Um, here, yeah, you were mentioning last week, we have to wrap this up to actually get to our small group um, Spirited Kids Club. Um, wish we could stay around longer. Mm-hmm. But last question, you said, my three-year-old boy has learned to cry silently while biting his hand or a pillow when he pulls away or feels hurt or ignored. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, mm. that's tricky to know that our three-year-olds, I think, are suffering in general and then kind of suffering alone a little bit. I think mm-hmm. oftentimes when our three-year-olds suffer, they're screaming at our faces and they're mm-hmm. slamming doors and they're biting and kicking and we're like, don't love that. Mm-hmm. And then they go off on their own and suffer silently and hurt themselves and we're like, shit, don't love that either. Mm-hmm. Oh man, both of these suck. Can't they just take some deep breaths like we are trying to do or let us know that something bothered us or bothered them? And I think we have to keep remembering that our three-year-olds, they just they're just doing whatever their body needs. And they're also conforming to, to our family's response and our response to their mm-hmm. needs or their other siblings. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of dynamics at play and there's no, you're not making this happen necessarily yeah. or, or um, making him feel shameful. Sensitive kids also at a certain point in certain age go off on their own. They kind of yeah. get into more like flight rather than fight mode. Yeah. Every know? kid has a, a different stress response and that evolves as they age. Mm-hmm. My kids were definitely more of the, the barnacle temperament, like we're going down together. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is over. And hang on and here. cry. Yeah. Right. For and, and, slo- and slowly but surely, the yeah. last six months especially, both of them have done this storm out thing mm-hmm. where they just immediately, so fast, anytime they feel hurt or ignored or wronged right. or um, even if they fall a little bit, whatever it is, they're just, right. they're out of there. And it took me a while to not follow them right away and think, I gotta be in there. And right. they're, they're suffering alone and stressing about it and really giving them a little bit of space, checking in, throwing those little buoys of like, do you need a hug? Or how you doing? I'm here if you need me. Or do you wanna come help in the kitchen? Or how you doing? Just mm-hmm. every now and then and see how they do and then circle back later too. But I think right. we, we get a lot of questions from people about um, self-harm. Mm-hmm. When kids are hitting their heads on on the floor or mm-hmm. biting their hands or um, mm-hmm. I think just getting curious is yeah. the name of the game and thinking, why is he going away silently to do that? Mm-hmm. What would be impacting that? Why would he be biting his hand mm-hmm. or this pillow? I think it's great that if he even has an alternative to be biting, um, hopefully you, you gave him that opportunity mm-hmm. and that reminder of like when you're really angry, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we uh, sometimes our kids are so sensitive that even when we want to hold space and support them to the best of our abilities, they're, they're not wanting us there. Mm-hmm. And so we, we can give them that space. But if they are hurting themselves, we do want to be nearby to support them as best we can. Mm-hmm. And then process and circle back later yeah. with those things. But in the in the moment yeah. of the biting and that type of thing, unless he's like really like blood is shooting and it's something really terrifying yeah. like that, or in which case I would... I would consult a a, Mm -hmm. a child psychologist or something. We really try to just kind of 
de-escalate the behavior, not by saying, don't bite your hand, don't bite your hand, or don't hit your head, don't hit your head. But what are head, you needing right now? Really How are you doing? Kind of sidelining the behavior yeah. that worries us a little bit and focusing on the needs and being loving and de-escalating mm-hmm. and maybe mentioning it outside the moment and maybe not even doing that, especially if it's sort of a calming technique or something they're working through or a tick that, that's mm-hmm. going to pass really soon. So we try not to put a lot of extra energy or heat on that, especially with spirited mm-hmm. kids who might continue doing it on purpose just to defy you. Mm-hmm. Some people are suggesting hugs, offering mm-hmm. hugs. And someone said, hugs for the win. You just sound like a jerk if you yell, I don't want a hug, LOL. Thanks for your insights. Yeah, and sometimes offering a hug, you can. And then other times they're like, fuck you, I don't want a oh, hug. Oh gosh, like, when they say, I don't want a hug, I'm like, oh good, because I was scared to get in there. Because anyway. I actually didn't want to hug I you either right now. I know that's the right <laughs> thing to do, but someone said, I remember being five and doing that because I felt like I wasn't being listened to and needed to vent my frustration. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when kids punch walls. That's when kids bite their hands. That's mm-hmm. when kids... You know, Empty do all things sorts out, of things. do destructive and, stuff. And our idea is they're going to be doing those things and we want to pay attention as their parents and mm-hmm. think that may be a coping mechanism. I mm-hmm. want to be teaching my child coping strategies. Mm-hmm. And that's not always going to happen in the moment where we're like, oh, here, take this and exchange this and you should be doing mm-hmm. this instead. They're upset. So they can't always be receptive to listen to these alternatives that are better for their bodies or a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. But later we can always plan and we can always try and practice those things. Mm-hmm. Squeezing a pillow really hard, doing dippies with us, mm-hmm. getting fresh air, getting a hug, mm-hmm. and then practicing that in times when they're not super stressed. So that mm-hmm. when they're stressed, we can cue them to those things and the seed has kind of been planted for them to be like, oh yes, life vest, you know, mm-hmm. I can I can reach for that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Someone said, I've started using it on my partner and it works on him too. Oh yeah, love oh, it. Yeah. Someone else said, I get proud when they say no to my hug. Yeah, they know what they want. Yeah, and suck it mom. Don't want. Yeah, totally. <laughs> don't touch me. Someone else says, consent matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you all for tonight. I think mm-hmm. we got to most of these. Someone else. Oh, last one is my five-year-old has started to threaten me. If you don't do this, I'm going to break X, Y, Z. And we don't threaten like this. How do I respond in pivot? Yeah, oh gosh. absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's something that I've been going through with my son as well. He's yeah. Very spirited, almost five-year-old. No, almost six-year-old. Yeah. And, and you and, don't use consequences on him. So you're just like, like how are you developing just this? Just be like, if you yeah. uh, uh, picture this. I wake up at like 5.50 and he's right in front of me with wild hair and he says, get me some chocolate right now. And he's like all bleary eyed and just hell bent on something sweet. And I'm just like, what? Who are you? What's happening? And he's like, our sprinkles. Yeah. I need sprinkles or something sweet. And then he says, if you don't get me that, I'll scream. And, and I, it's like a loud scream. It's really, yeah. yeah. He's it's, almost five cows. Is he almost five? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Because he feels like he's like a hundred and like a hundred feet. He's like the Hulk. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but he threatens to scream. He threatens to hurt people. He threatens to hurt me. He threatens to climb the cupboards and get things. He he threatens to to ruin things and wreck Mm -hmm. the car. Some, and we honor that. We say, you want to do that. Okay. You want to scream. Okay. You want to break this thing. Okay. So you're feeling frustrated or sometimes our kids just will start screaming. If you even try to put words to that feeling because they're, they're dysregulated. They're uncomfortable. Right. So that's when we usually go into de-escalation mode and say like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And, then no try, and then we try mm-hmm. to buy time through that de-escalation mode. Yeah. <sighs> Let me think. Let me think about this. Yeah. Are you comfortable? Okay. Or, oh, did Papa just leave? What is it? Okay. Try to bring that, that receptive brain back into action. Frog. I just heard frog. Is I he heard out? the dog. Okay. Oh, is he? And then he goes, I'm going to scream. 
And I say, okay, yes, you might scream. And then I might end up saying something like, if you feel like screaming is right for your body, do you just go for it? Right. Okay. I wish we had some chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Or if he's like, I'm going to break this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if it's one of his toys, I would say, if you feel you need to break it, you need, you, then you need to break it. I, I hope we can maybe fix it after. Right. And if it's something that I really need or a boundary that we really need to hold, we would say, I hear you want to break that. Or I hear you want to run into the street. I'm going to help you. Right. And we help physically and, stop And them. the calmer we are, that mm-hmm. is the key to this de-escalation. We do not negotiate with terrorists, right? Mm-hmm. We don't need to get into that. We just need to say, I'm going to be so calm right now, mm-hmm. right? That I'm going to help them feel safe again. I'm not going to challenge the challenge they just gave mm-hmm. me. We don't need to one-up their challenges. I don't want to play that game. We get into that sometimes. We get sucked in. It right? really is like terrorist yeah. negotiation yeah. territory, no, though. We have to you, go to our colonists. <laughs> okay. When you think about it, though, it's really like, yes, someone says reflective listening. Yeah right? It's saying, okay, so I'm hearing you're needing these things. Okay. And I'm going to buy some time and I tell me about it. Tell me more. What kind of sprinkles? What's going on for you? Okay. What else? Mm -hmm. What, what is the, what is this list of demands in an airplane? Okay. To, to take you and the hostages to Bermuda. Okay. Where's the chocolate, right? If we went to get the chocolate, where would that even be? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Walking through it, stalling, buying time, trying to stay empathetic showing, and connective. Showing that it's safe, that yeah. they're having this feeling and the way they're going about it is not cool, but we can always discuss that later and generally mm-hmm. trust that they're going to grow out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Going to grow out of it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Hopefully Some other not too final things. Susanna Goss. Um, DM us and we had one other DM. So we'll try and answer those this week. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, um, this next week. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. Someone says, don't miss your call. Yeah. I love everyone chatting with, uh, with one another tonight. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all for being here and and growing up alongside us and dealing with this. Like no one told us Mm -hmm. parenting was going to be this tricky. Mm -hmm. No one told us it would feel this exhausting and chronic, right? Mm -hmm. No one told us that we would have to be building skills and awareness and sucking it up in ways that we never thought we would have to, yeah. right? We thought we'd just like bring them along with us and they would like wear whatever we put them in and let us brush their hair and mm-hmm. want to go play. Maybe have like a tough and, early teenagehood and then be fine and be right, best, and friends, be best friends forever. So, right? Someone said we're all wounded kids on the, on the inside. And that's the other thing yeah. that we never knew is that we'd have to confront our own childhoods and, and our own wounds and our own insecurities and, mm-hmm. and really be growing up alongside them. Yeah. Like you said, practicing these skills so that our kids would learn them. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that takes a lot. In some ways, it feels like a great, like a great responsibility. But mm-hmm. in other ways, for me at least, it helps let the pressure off being like, mm-hmm. okay, we're <clears throat> all learning. Okay, we're all growing. Okay, mm-hmm. this isn't something that I should have to know already and be instilling and fixing and forcing with my kid. This can all be one messy work in progress, and that's okay. I love that. I just wish that all of you were able to talk and join mm-hmm. in with us. You have to do our small group coaching because then you like have a place at the table. We could all be chatting together. Um, let's see. Uh, hello, you said, Tiffany, Michelle, you said, I didn't get this humor without a bunch of trauma, LOL. <laughs> totally. That's perspective and, and resilience. It's just beautiful. Someone else said, thank you guys. So important to spread this compassionate message. I'm excited for the next generation of humans. Yes, we are too. Mm-hmm. And then someone else asked, have you guys seen the wisdom of trauma? And I think, is that the Gabor Mate uh, documentary? Um, I really want to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, and then everyone's still chatting with each yeah. other. It's so great. We're going to sign off now. Yeah. Send our love, send our gratitude. Um, this is a blast. Yeah. We'll see you. Actually, we're going to be doing a live on Saturday morning. If you want to join us, talking about our 
a baby video course called Right From The Start with Jen Lumen Lin of Your Parenting Mojo. If you are expecting a baby, if you have a baby that's first, in, your fifth, that's in its first year, if you have friends who might be interested in, in a supportive online course that helps get things, get things um, in perspective and under control a little bit, um, Right From The Start, follow us, uh, check our link in bio for more information. Um, we'll right, see you everybody. soon. We'll see you soon. You're doing an Thanks amazing job. You should be proud of yourselves. We'll see you next week.